Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Hi, this is Dr. John Townsend, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hi, this is Taya Kyle, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hey, this is Alex Holroyd with Young Life, and you're listening to Life Giver. Welcome to another episode of the Life Giver Podcast. This is Corey, and we are in the middle of a series called Gen Z, Raising Kids in the Chaos. And I am so excited to bring um, to the podcast an episode on Young Life. And Alex, oh my gosh, Alex, how do you pronounce your last name? Polaroid kind of sounds like Polaroid without an extra O. Polaroid. Okay. I've been just calling you Alex from Young Life for so long. I was like, I haven't even like said your last name out loud ever. It's just always been Alex from Young Life. So I am so excited to invite um, Alex from Young Life to the podcast um, to talk with us today. Um, I will share a little bit of my story about Young Life, um, but if we're going to do a series on Generation Z kids, um, I wanted to bring some of the best resources that that I could find um, to to you guys that are listening. And this episode is also a video um, episode. So if you would rather watch it than listen, um, there's a couple trailers that you're gonna see in this um, episode. And so it's well worth watching, um, but it's also okay if you're listening as well. So Alex from Young Life, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Excited. Yeah. So I reached out to Alex, actually, when we were en route to Fort Jackson, we had had the experience of um, my oldest son joining Young Life when we were in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I knew coming to South Carolina, I needed to find the next Young Life to plug him into. And so that's how I met Alex, um, got to know him, and we've been involved in um, raising up and, and just getting involved as parents here in South Carolina to be a part of Young Life here. So I think the best way to start off is Alex why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got into Young Life? And I think that will also get into explaining what Young Life is. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I grew up kind of in Cincinnati, Ohio from uh, my parents who are awesome, but definitely we didn't, we didn't go to church. Church was never a background for us. Uh, and so growing up, I never really, I mean, I, I had no idea who, who Jesus was at all besides what the Simpsons taught me. And so uh, <laughs> it was uh, my, my golf coach. I remember my freshman year, you know, you're a freshman in high school for me. The big thing was making varsity and golf. For some reason, golf was like the popular sport. And I mean, it was like the cool kids would play golf in our school. And so I wanted to get in with them. And I knew I had to make varsity. And my freshman year, I didn't. Got really sad. But my JV golf coach was a guy named Doug Gagan. And, um, he was a Young Life leader, and he invited me to this thing called Young Life. There's a thing called Campaigners, which turns out that's a Bible study. I didn't know, um, but he said, I'll buy you Wendy's. And so I went. <laughs> For the Wendy's? Yeah, exactly. I was like, I want the Frosty. And so me and of my buddies went. Um, and so we were in this Bible study in, in, a, in one of our friends' basement. And it was, the, it was such a weird, cool experience where I had um, – guys, girls, freshmen to senior, there's probably about 20 of us in this room. 
And I remember just kind of being, I, I wanted to get to know some of the upperclassmen because you're a low life freshman a little bit. And I remember the next day, a guy named Alex Garvin, he walking down the hallways, he was the wide receiver, the star wide receiver of the football team. So this is the fall. And I remember him shouting my name down the hallway. He was like, Alex, my man. And I was like, I don't know what this young life thing is, but I'm always going. <laughs> you know, it was like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there was a community I introduced to. And so I, I, I began to um, know, I kept going, hearing more about this Jesus guy. My young life leader was also like my, my history teacher. And so it's kind of funny that he's also my teacher and invited me to a young life camp, which are kind of like these five-star resorts. I mean, Young Life camps are just some of the top places, qualities you could ever really go to for a Young Life camp, five-star camping. And um, that was the first time I heard the gospel, like, clearly. I mean, ever. First time I've known the name of Jesus, but I didn't know what he came and did for me and what the purpose was. And, And so the best part was it was that fall, I would say, that my freshman year, I started kind of this relationship with Jesus. But the fact that I got to go home with this community of like kids from the school and my young life leader who just walked with me for the next four years of high school. Um, and it got to the point when I was a, I was a senior in high school going to summer camp and I had these sophomore freshman guys who I've just been praying for to come to camp. And I remember they came to camp and three or four of them like met Jesus at camp. And I was like, I don't want to do anything else the rest of my life. Like, this is, this is what I want to do. Like, I love getting to walk with, uh, in that case, my, my peers, my friends, and now high school friends. Um, and so Young Life has always been, um, the, the, I guess, the mission statement of Young Life is introducing adolescents to Jesus and helping them grow in their faith. And we say adolescents because we realize, especially like generation Z and millennials is adolescence used to be 14 to 18 and now it's 12 to 24. Mm. Adolescence kind of covers all of middle school, high school and college, which is kind of the broad stroke that Young Life really hones and focuses in on. So I have to tell everybody and remind everybody that um, I have decided, especially this year that um, the podcast and the app that I do um, that I'm not paid for sponsorships and that's one of the things that I made a decision this year that number one I'm not really a good salesperson and I know that about myself and I just come across like it just feels deceptive to me to try to sell people things and so um, my commitment in this podcast has really been about sharing resources that I know are really awesome that I personally have had experience with um, or that I've known through other people that have had a great experience with. So having Young Life and having Alex here and any of the others um, that have been even in this series has not been paid content at all. This is really just out of genuine excitement. Um, And so um, Alex, I would love to have you explain to everybody kind of the structure of Young Life because it's very unique in that um, you've got college kids that are helping out. You've got what you mentioned, campaigners. Um, and so talk with everybody a little bit about the structure, especially if they have kids and teenagers or adolescents in that range. What can they expect from Young Life and what and how is Young Life different from other um, maybe resources or church youth groups or, or what they might find in their community? Yeah, that's great. Well, I think to going back, sometimes people don't know. I, I feel like that when they hear Young Life, like, oh, this is a new thing. And, and crazy thing is Young Life's been around since about 1941 was the official. Really? Kind of, yeah, of Young Life. 
And now it's amazing. From 1941, it started in Gainesville, Texas, basically with the heart of someone told Jim Rayburn, that he had a, the, the pastor at the time, said to Jim, hey, I know the kids in my youth group. I know them. What I don't know is that school across the street. Will you figure out how to reach lost kids in that school? And so Young Life, since 1941, has always been about reaching lost kids and going and going to where they are at. And so maybe some of the differences in um, Young Life and maybe a youth group, which um, youth groups are awesome, so this is not a downplay or anything. I feel like in, in youth group, you, part of you is you have kids that are already coming, and your job is you're trying to shepherd them and be there for them and, and the ones that are coming and maybe you're going out to the school and reaching and there's a lot of great youth pastors who do that young life from the very beginning understands like hey we're missionaries and we're trying to we're the high school is our mission field and so you'll find wherever high school kids are like that's where we're going trying to meet them on their turf on their ground and um that's one thing i think that young life is really big about it's it's relationships and it's about meeting kids where they're at and so we do that a couple ways one um in Young Life, also, and not only is it it's been around for a while, it's also in over a hundred, just over a hundred countries now. And so, everywhere you go, it'll look maybe a little different. And in that, Young Life has a couple of these, I would say, sub ministries under the big umbrella of Young Life. And so, one of those is Wildlife, which is a great name for middle schoolers. And so, Wildlife is just it's just Young Life, the same model for middle schoolers. And then you have Young Life, which is high school. Then you have College Life, which is obviously college. And then in those, you have Club Beyond, which is uh, ministry to um, military kids. And then you have Young Lives, which is ministry to teen moms. And then you have Capernaum, which is ministry to kids with special needs. And so there's a couple of these specific ministries in there that you're kind of gearing and, and kind of focusing on a little bit. And so... The, in Young Life, we have a lot of these C's that kind of help explain the structure. And so first and foremost being Christ, like he's, that's all we're about. And Jim Rayburn used to say, um, Jesus isn't what Young Life is about, it's all that Young Life is about. And so the first C kind of being Christ, that's what we do. Um, the other one being club. Club is a weekly meeting of, I would say, of the spectrum of all kids. I mean, I would say it's the one place during the week where um, if kids are always climbing the vertical ladder, of the social ladder, it's the first time the social ladder turns horizontal one night. Mm -hmm. So you'll find kids who are in the football team, in the bands, like kids that don't interact at school kind of come to this place and they kind of get to be kids again. And so we'll sing songs that they know. Um, mm -hmm. part of, we'll play some music and the music won't be maybe Chris Tomlin, Christian music, because the kids we're reaching don't know that. It'll probably be some Taylor Swift song or Journey or some classics. Um, and then all of that would be this kind of controlled chaos. I mean, club is just kind of this fast-moving pace in the beginning and then slowly tailors down. We'll play some games. We'll do some laughter. We love laughter. Um, Carl Barth once said, laughter is the closest thing to heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we love laughter in Young Life. And we'll get down to the point where we'll do what we call like the proclamation. We'll do a sequence of talks at club that lead and explain what the gospel is. And so kind of that will be, who is God? And it'll go to, you know, if, if we could understand if there is a God, what would he look like? 
John 1.14, the word became flesh and moved in with us and dwelt among us. We'll talk about Jesus and what is he, if, if, if he's the visible image of the invisible God, what does that mean about who God is? We just got to look at Jesus. So we'll look at that a little bit and we'll talk about kind of this need that we all we all feel and we'll talk about sin, cross and resurrection. So we'll kind of hit all of those in club. And then we have a thing, we, we call it contact work, which is no one ever says contact work, but it's one of the C's, and that is going and meeting kids where they're at. That is the John 1.14, Jesus left heaven to come down to us, so we leave the comforts of our world, whether it's the college world as leaders or adult, or maybe it's your working world, we go into the schools. Or if the schools don't allow us, we go and become coaches, we go volunteers, tutors, any way to get our foot in the door to get to know kids and be praying for kids. Um, after club contact work, we have a thing called campaigners, which is just Bible study. It's kind of a funny name. It used to be called the Young Life Campaign back in the 40s. And then we dropped campaign, and that was kind of the, the Bible study. And so uh, campaigners is a Bible study that meets weekly. Now, I have a question about the campaigners. Um, I know in Charlottesville, we, we they split the guys from the girls. Do they do that in Young Life too? Do they do that everywhere, or is it still everybody's all together? Yeah. So there's kind of these different philosophies uh, in Young Life when it comes to campaigners. When it comes to wildlife in particular, you normally split guys and girls because a, a eighth grade girl and a seventh or sixth grade boy are on completely different level, you know, playing fields. Mm -hmm. So in wildlife, we'll definitely usually split that up. In high school, sometimes some some people will do a Bible study of just freshman guys and freshman girls. Um, other areas will do what we call all area camp or like big campaigners. Um, and what that will look like is freshmen to senior guys and girls in a room together. And what you're, what we're trying to do in that is kind of this acts to community where you are teaching these high schoolers how to really um, love each other really well and how to think missional, like how to think of their school and think, how do we impact our school? And so one way we teach that in campaigners is we have everyone hold hands and face inwards and we'll say, hey, this is great. This is community, but this is like a holy huddle, meaning we're, we're just we're just thinking about ourselves. We're making sure we're okay, and that's that's it. In campaigners, we're trying to teach them to hold hands and face outwards, and you get this picture of, hey, we have each other's backs, and we have community, but we're always looking to grab somebody and bring them in. Mm -hmm. and come be a part of this. Like, you want to come be a part of what we're doing. So it's really cool because you'll have this group of campaigners who will go to the school at night and just pray for kids, like pray for a list of their friends' names who they're going, man, like they need to know. And these are high schoolers. These are high schoolers. And so, I mean, I had a kid uh, from Blythewood this year who I remember sitting down with him in the summer going like, hey, what do you want your senior year to be like? And he goes, I just want to get out of here and go to like clubs. <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm thinking about. And then we begin to pray like, hey, what do it look like if you really poured into freshman guys? You know, like you're a senior, you're high up in the social ladder when it comes to high school. What if you lowered yourself and like hung out with freshman guys, got to know them? And we have this group of like 10 to, 10 to 12 freshman guys right now at Blythewood who've been coming to club, coming to campaigners, they're coming to summer camp, all because this kid, Matthew, like changed his senior year. Which is such like a perfect model of what happened to you. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so let me, let me tell a story. I don't even know if I shared this with you. Um, and I think we're talking about the same kid because I was at the all club end of the school year event. I know parents aren't really supposed to stick around, but you were grilling hot dogs for everybody and looked like you needed a little help with 160 kids. So I stuck around for a little bit, but that was the first time that I, as a parent had stuck around for the entire club. Um, and um, I, parents usually don't do that. Um, but when I was there, I, I can attest to everything that Alex is saying as far as awesome music. The kids were having a blast. Some of them were throwing footballs. And um, the college students are all out there just mingling because it's a, almost like a celebration of the end of the year is what I saw it to be. Um, but just quick story about I think it was Matthew that you were, you were talking about. He was, he was the one that gave his testimony, right? Okay. So, um, first of all, when he, when Alex, when you're talking about, um, during club, when you, they did some fun skits and some fun games. And, um, I actually have some video of that. So maybe I'll splice that in a little bit so everybody can see a little bit about that. I mean, I know you guys did a video as well. And so, um, everybody was having a blast and the talk for that night was really a brief talk. You're talking like 10 minutes, like nothing that makes kids uncomfortable. It's really just a time for everybody to just kind of listen to this brief, um, not even devotional, but kind of was. So Matthew shared his, his testimony and he talked a lot about um how he grew from his freshman year until his senior year and you sharing you know how can he take that senior year to a different level really I can look back and see how that really shaped that senior year but I want to share with you Alex um when we were cleaning up after the event was over, everybody was kind of like getting their shoes and, and starting to leave or whatever. Um, I was helping some other kids and Matthew came up and walked up to, there was like two girls standing there, walked up to two girls. It was pretty clear he did not know who they were. Okay. Um, there wasn't like a greeting, like they had seen each other before, knew each other before, but he walked up to him and, and he walked up to one of the girls and he said, Hey, um, I just want to let you know that when we were singing earlier, um, I was standing close to your, you have the most amazing voice. And I just want to tell you, you have an incredible voice. And I thought to myself, man, I want to be that person's friend. Like they're really cool. I want to be that person's friend. And she was like, blown away that because it wasn't like an attraction sort of thing it was like just loving and kind and he didn't know anybody was watching him do that like he didn't know that I could overhear but she just was shocked and like and he was like you know will you be my friend like can I say hi to you at school and she was like oh my gosh yeah thanks like completely changed this girl's heart just by being kind and to me that is just so evident of growth in a person when they're doing that when nobody knows that they're that they're looking yeah and I think what you were saying too in young life is very much of we'd say like hey we love you regardless of the response and so it's not like for me I'd say I was this kind of hellion kid, most of like, especially freshman, sophomore year that I'm sure my leader was like, what am I doing with this guy? You know? And, and I feel like he, this sense of like, hey, he loves me where I'm at and regardless of the response, like he, he wants me. I remember one quick story of, of this, uh, some pastors in Atlanta and who knows the exact specifics of this, the way this goes, but basically if they were seminary students and they were, going, um, practicing their, their kind of bedside manners at this hospice. And there's a guy who like no one could get through. 
like every time a, a pastor would come in and be like, Hey, he'd like throw a shoe at them. And, uh, he, he, he was just kind of like not having it. And so one guy kind of figured out that what he was dying of was, was lung cancer. And so he went in there and tried to say hello. And again, he got a, a shoe thrown at him, but he opened his coat pocket and he, and he saw some cigars and the guy goes, all right, we can, we can go outside, you know, and we go outside and, they, and they're smoking some cigars and, and the pastor's like, well, just tell me, like, just tell me about yourself. You know, he's trying to ask questions and, um, the guy stops and he says, do you know why I hate people like you? He says, because you want my soul, but you don't want me. Mm. And I feel like in young life, very much, and I know in ministry that can happen. In young life, we go, hey, I'm for you. I'm not trying to like convert you, make you a believer. Like I am for you in this relationship. And know that like, if I put, like we're going to put dividends and we're going to put nickels in this relationship, that it's going to grow into something. Um, but regardless of the response, you're going, hey, I'm for you. I think uh, as First Thessalonians 2 8 says, hey, we didn't just, Paul said, we don't just want to share the gospel, but we want to share our very lives as well. And so, very much with young life, it's, you're bringing them into every aspect of your life, right? One of, my, one of my young life guys who I became his little brother's godfather, and then he is Addie Mae's godfather. <laughs> and so, there's this sense of like, they're, they're, they're not they're not just like high school kids. They just become these like dear friends that you just live, like you get to live life together. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Matthew's one of those guys I was, I was, him and I were talking about not too long ago. I was like, Hey, like there's just times in young life where you have kids that you get to know pretty well. And then there's some guys that you're like, Hey, we're just gonna be buddies for like life. Mm -hmm. It far exceeds young life. And so, um, yeah, Matthew's definitely one of those. And, um, I think the last season uh, is camp. So Young Life believes in five-star camping. We have kind of 26 multi-million dollar resorts that are geared specifically towards high school kids. And even some of them, like when you were at Carolina Point, um, was actually built with kids with special needs in mind. And so everywhere you walk in that place, there's ramps. That makes sense. Like the pool, there's a zero entry pool to get in. Um, to get on stage in our club room, there's ramps behind. So that way, if you're in a wheelchair. The zip line was a sitting zip, zip line. Yeah. Zip line's meant for them to kind of go on. And, and so even the camps are kind of, they're always thinking, how can we basically, uh, Jim Rayburn used to say, why would you take the, and he passed away, but he used to say, um, why would you take the greatest message of all time and put it in a brown paper bag? Mm. And so he, he thought, if, if I can get people to say, if they say wow to the camp, and it's always like in some mountainous place, maybe they'll say wow to the message. Mm -hmm. So um, camping really is, we say it's the best week of your life or your money back. And it's always been that. You know, <laughs> kids are always just like, what is happening? Can't believe so this is where I have to insert my story, right? Um, and Alex, I've told you my story. Um, so it wasn't until our first assignment in Colorado and my husband um, was getting ready to deploy and um, there was this kind of word of mouth that there was a military week um, during the summer for at a Young Life camp and that they were, it was like for like only a hundred bucks and that was like a military week kind of thing. 
So uh, somebody else reached out to me and say, said, you, we should go because her husband was deploying too. And they were taking a few slots of those who had deployed service members. Cause it's usually a family camp. Everybody is intact and going. So we signed up to go and I thought I was crazy. This was our first deployment. Um, Matt had just deployed we were traveling out to the camp, like on the second day of this deployment. So I was like toddlers and craziness. And I barely thought that I could survive going to McDonald's. How was I going to do a week at a family camp three hours from wherever we were I just was this was crazy I can't believe I was doing this um, but we decided to go and I'm just I'm I'm not going to make this a horribly long story but I do want to set the scene because those that are listening who've ever known what it's like to go through deployment or a first deployment and how overwhelmed you are um, driving up to this camp we were this was at um, Trail West in Colorado which I know is like one of the bigger camps of young life but pulling up there was people on horseback that were greeting every car when we pulled up and we got out of the car then they drove our car just a block or two away up to the lodge unpacked our car for us and put everything in our rooms for us so there was nothing that we had to do if we needed pack and plays they were already set up by the time I got to my room my room was not only completely like set up all my luggage in there the pack and play was set up our itineraries for the week were laid out not just for me but for each of my boys like it was executed flawlessly. Um, they found out that Matt was deployed and there was like little to no connectivity where we were, but um, they made it possible that if my husband wanted to Skype with us, they had set apart a separate room for us to be able to have contact with him anytime we needed to. And constantly throughout the week, we we're checking on me, asking if we needed anything. Did we need to speak with our husband? My Whatever we needed. Um, like you said, like food was amazing. It was served family style. Um, but what was really cool is that we had a high school um, young life leader that was assigned to every family uh, at Trail West. And so I had a high school student that was constantly by my side if I needed it, that would pick up my toddler and help me with a plate of food if we needed to, or um, if I was exhausted, they were playing with my kids, like exactly everything that you were saying, what it was talking about doing life with people and actually getting involved and getting to know them and seeing them as other people that they could serve. And here I was a chaplain's wife, grew up in the church, but I have to say it was one of the most life-changing weeks of my entire life. Part of it was because I was in the middle of this deployment, but part of it was also because I had never experienced the church or the, or people serving me with such a level of kindness and attentiveness. And you're, like you're saying, it wasn't about, um, cause I know there's a lot of people listening that might think, you know, is this really going to be really churchy? And it really wasn't, it was so balanced and healthy. And it was more about serving people, loving people and being part of their life. Um, but because of that, I grew closer to God because of that, it shaped my entire perspective of kingdom, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to serve other people. To this day, I feel like I can see a mom with toddlers and go, I know exactly how to serve that person because of how somebody served me at Trail West. And that was a high school student, changed my life, completely changed my life. Military families need hope that there is something more 
there's someone who cares. You're a soldier 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's not a time when they can't call you up and say, hey, we have a movement or we have a mission we have to go accomplish, and it'll take you away from your family. Military Week at Trail West is just a time where we take active duty soldiers and families who have gone through a series of deployments and redeployments and trainings so they're away from their families more than they're with their families. And we set them in a location that's just founded and surrounded by God's love. You needed some time to recuperate between military life, illness, busyness in our children's life to just reflect on our, us as a family because our, our life has been hurting. Everything that's done during Military Week sets these families up to be a family again and to restore relationships. Since we've been here, all these little stresses are gone, so we can just be ourselves. Go back to the times where it was romantic and we didn't have all our kids all the time because our kids can just run off and play and we can actually do things together. There's no TV in the room, so that's not the thing. We've been putting our phones up, computers closed and all that, and we're just, you know, talking in the scenery, of course. It just makes you even want to just kind of bond and just, it's just freeing. I love that we get three meals a day together. I mean, because for the next year, he won't be there. To sit at a table and actually have a conversation is so rare and so hard for them. To put them in this environment where no one had to shop for it, no one had to cook, no one had to clean up, they can just actually be together as a family is brilliant. We've done so much talking, so much laughing. Like, I didn't realize my kids were as funny as they are because just sitting at the table, they're hilarious. Frank, um, sorry. <laughs> he had a soldier, um, one of several, but one in particular that Frank was with when he was killed. And one of the last things he did with his family before he deployed was come here. Um, and so we thought, we thought a lot about, a lot about him this week. And just experiencing some of those things that we know he experienced with his five-year-old daughter and his eight-year-old son. And I know it meant a lot to him to be here. Um, and that those were the last memories they have as a family. You guys realize you're giving us a great opportunity as a family, but sometimes it might be the last memories that a family has to go on for the rest of their life here on Earth to hold on to. I love my kids, and I, I want the best of them. And spending this time with them and showing them that I love them every day, it's heart filling. I think the brilliance of Military Week is that their lives are changed, and they're changed for good. And it is a radical course correction for them. It gives them a source of strength and an ability to go back and live the lives that they're doing, but also uh, to thrive. This week at Trail West has been completely amazing. It's, it's been wonderful. I love this place. You watch walls come down and facades, countenance change, and families re-engage. It's amazing what happens in one week. We are going to be okay, you know, and our family's going to be okay. Coming here allowed us the opportunity to realize that we had good, strong bones, and we just needed to build on those better. These strangers have given us such 
wonderful family time. You can tell it's more than just a donation, though. You can feel the, the love in the gift. Somebody who doesn't know us, doesn't know our family, doesn't know our circumstances, but chose to invest in our family because they appreciate what my husband has chosen to do for a career, really just speaks volumes about the people that want to pay forward, and we really appreciate it. This is truly a, a real investment in people. And so I knew personally that once my kids got to the age where they can start wildlife, we were definitely going to do that because that was not only life-changing for me, but to see high school students get that, like I want that for my kids. I want my kids to understand that level of service. So it was outstanding. So here we are. I think one of my favorite things to do when you're at camp is to, and we're, you know, all the high school guys are asking, okay, so like, they're all high school kids serving you like that. And, and they're either doing, you know, they're cleaning toilets, they're doing the dishes, they're um, serving the meals, they're cutting the grass, or they're doing the outdoor crew. And my favorite part towards the end of the year, towards the end of the week, someone always goes, all right, so like, why are these kids, like, why are they doing it? Like, are they getting paid? Like, they're getting like a pretty good amount of money to do this. And you're like, no, actually like, it's all volunteer. Mm -hmm. They gotta pay their way to get there. And so some of them is a lot of plane flights. Like they're just giving up a, a month out of their summer to go serve. And you would think, you know, 26 camps, you need about 50 kids per camp. You know, you have, I think it's 12 weeks, nine, 10, 10, 10 or 12 weeks in the summer where that's happening. So that's a lot of like kids to fill spots and you have to fight to get spots. I mean, like this year, I have like 10 kids wanting to do it, and I can only send three. And so let me ask you a question that I think a lot of parents listening might want to ask you, and that would be um, talk a little bit about the safety um, in the leaders that you have, and I'm sure that there are background checks and that sort of thing that's done, because um, when you talk about other kids investing in these kids, you know, most parents are going to go, well, who's the leader? Like, that would be you, right? The Young Life staff, that is, this is your job to do this, but who are these other kids that are involved, and should I let my kids have access to those kids so talk a little bit about the safety of that so leaders um so the normal breakdown is you always have um, a staff person in the area or so for me like an area director somebody who oversees a couple schools and then you'll have and that area director normally is a leader also in one of the schools and then they'll oversee um like in northeast we have five high schools about 40 leaders so we have 40 college leaders who are pouring in and um basically leading in these schools. Now, depending where you are in the country, like when I was in Beaufort, South Carolina, we didn't have college leaders, it was all adults. And so the idea of like, you, you got, it's a young person's game is completely not right. Like kids don't care what, what you know until they know how much you care, that idea. And so we've had, lead, I mean, we've had a leader back in the day who just retired up in Shelby, who is 80 and just stopped leading. And so wow. 21 until 80, I mean, unbelievable. But uh, yeah, each leader, there's a complete background check on each leader. So um, we definitely have all those measures. But even before then, there's a kind of an extensive training process because what you're asking of a leader is not just, hey, come show up once a week to something. You're asking them, hey, will you go to club once a week? Will you go to campaigners once a week? Will you go to some sporting event once a week? Plus you have leadership. There's like five, four to five things a week that you're asking sometimes of a leader. 
And so that right away kind of takes off anybody who's just kind of going, oh, like I just want to maybe try this thing out. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lot to be a leader. I mean, you're asking them to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you kind of have to be both feet in, diving in. And so that kind of changes the caliber of, I'd say, of leaders that in Young Life that we're kind of asking for because they'll just fall off real quick. But yeah, I mean, from the training aspect to, um, I feel like even the counseling aspect of leaders knowing when a kid, let's say, for example, you know, kids will open up to you about things. Maybe they're not open up to their parents and knowing the wisdom of, hey, when a kid's life is at risk, you know, when a kid goes and says, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, suicide right now, like, Leaders know, like, that's a buzzword of this is immediate. We're not going to play around of, oh, I don't know if he's serious or not. We always train. That's always serious no matter what. And so you treat it with that. And so I would say Young Life um, in that is kind of what we call it. We're, leaders are all mandatory reporters. And so, like, if there's abuse happening, like, we have to kind of report, right? Um, at the same time, there's some things that, you know, kids confide in you that are between you guys, you know, between that. And so there's this balance that I feel like we, we train and we teach really well to know and make sure that, Hey, yes, I want to be your friend. but I'm also your leader. And I also got to make sure that there's a dangerous situation that I'm a, I'm an adult entering into this. I'm not a, I'm not a high school. I'm not trying to be a high school kid and, and like be your best friend. There's aspects to that. But I also know that I'm an, I'm an adult and I'm a leader. And so that kind of helps when it comes to making sure kids are safe. You're, you're, you're the adult in the room going, Hey, yes, we should do this. But also that's probably not the best idea. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, like a high school kid would be, just go jump off that roof. Like, no, right. not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but instead, you know, it's not, there's a sense of you're directing them, right? It's not like, no, that's dumb. We shouldn't do that. It's, Hey, actually, why don't we go do this? And they're like, great idea you know and they'll just run with you moving for me is hard now that i'm older it's harder because once you make that good group of friends you have to leave that so then it's like finding new friends all over again and then it's well will they like me do they have the same interests am i going to fit in what do i have to do it's kind of hard i don't like it my name is rebecca suzanne i've lived in six different places in my 16 years Military kids are just like every other teen, facing the challenges that all the other teens are facing, but on top of that, they're facing a ton of loss, lost time with a parent, loss of friends as you move every year, every two years, and they're facing deployments where they have a parent that is in the middle of a war. At any time, they could call him to go back on a tank and say, okay, we want you to go to Afghanistan or somewhere else that's not safe. I try not to think about it. Club Beyond changed my life. Club Beyond is made up of leaders, adults, who choose to love kids that may or may not be here a month from now. The first day I came, I was so excited. Everyone there is so nice. They're kind of like siblings, but they're the ones that you want. Club Beyond is necessary because these are kids that are moving all the time and going into communities that don't understand the challenges that they're facing. It kind of feels like a home. I can let go you know, be my normal self. It provides continuity, people who love them and understand this is what a deployment is. It's comforting. It's that safe place when you're feeling upset. This is your little getaway. This is like your little mini vacation once a week. There's lots of kids 
that go to Club Beyond that are just like me all around the world. Deployments and all that stuff are hard. At Club Beyond, you forget about those things. I've been there. I know that it's hard. Becca gets me. There's a lot of things that we have in common, being that her dad was in the Army doing the same job my dad does now. She's kind of like my older sister, somebody that, you know, if I have an issue, I can talk to. You are not alone in this. You're not alone in the sadness. You're not alone in the loss. You're not alone in not wanting to say goodbye. You're not alone in not knowing what to do in your family or missing your father. That's why we're here. I want to hear what you're feeling. Every kid wishes they had somebody like Miss Becca. I do Club Beyond because it changes lives. I have seen eternities change, and I have seen kids walk from death into life, and I have seen kids come home for the first time, even though they've had 20 different homes. To be able to give that to these kids is a huge gift, and it's so needed. That's one of the things I love about Young Life is that it's extreme in a safe way, but it's just like the first time I dropped Aiden off at Wildlife, I was so nervous. Like my kid has been to so many schools and so many churches. In fact, one move that we did, we had visited several churches and we needed to kind of narrow it down and decide which church we were going to be staying at. And we were going to try out one or two more churches before he came home and said, no more. This one is it. Even if I don't like it, I cannot like stand the thought of meeting new people, like any more new people. And he just had hit his limit. And so here I was taking him to wildlife. It was a club and, um, so nervous. And I'm like, here I am. I'm putting this kid into another group of new kids. And um, we pulled up and for club, they were outside playing baseball with apples like just smashing apples all over the cul-de-sac. And as a parent, like this shows how old and responsible I am. I'm like, oh, who's going to clean this up? This is going to be so sticky. You know, and the, and the leaders were like, we got it. Like we'll definitely clean up when we're done. But the kids were having a blast. And I had to like drag him away at the end of the night. He was having such a blast. So, and ever since then, he was like, this is, it's fun. It's exciting. The college kids are so positive and good role models. And so I think what I'd like to do is just kind of speak to the different groups that might be listening, because if you're a first responder family and you're settled in your community, or let's say you're National Guard or Reserve, and you are settled in your community, you should be able to find a young life in your community or even um, a young life that's assigned to that school or to that district um, to get involved with um, for sure. And so if you are active duty um, and you're constantly relocating, that's what Alex was saying is that Young Life has a club beyond that is a version, a military kid version of Young Life. So you're military kid can be involved with a local young life or wildlife, but also do the club beyond, which is sometimes usually on post or on the installation that is only military kids. And so I was one of those families that I had heard of club beyond before, but did not know it was even young life, which makes me even more excited for my kids to be involved in that. And so your military kids can be involved in either, um, so just a really great resource. And so real quick, and I'm going to hand it back to you, Alex. This was our vision for our family. 
because of that experience of moving our kids all over the place from church to church, one of the downfalls of an, being an active duty family and constantly moving is that everywhere we go, we have to find a new church. Now, my husband is a chaplain and is often assigned to run a chapel service, but most of those listening who have known and been involved in chapel services, which we definitely support, know that um, the youth and children's ministry kind of stuff is is lacking or sometimes difficult because families are coming and going constantly. And so for us as a family, we just found that it, it was just such a burden to constantly find these local churches every time we moved. And we still do that because we need a church to be involved in. That's part of our belief system that we need to be part of the body and need to be part of community and serving. Um, and we are great with the boys being a part of that youth group if they want to be part of it. But but our strategy has really been young life to me is something that can be in their life that is consistent no matter where we move. Like Alex said, it can sh like be a little bit different here or there. Like I think um, the campaigners in Charlottesville had a different name, but it was basically the same concept. So there might be small changes, but for us, we felt like, you know what, no matter where we go, there's so much chaos and uncertainty in the military lifestyle and so much frequent change that our kids go through as it is. Um, young life can be something that is consistent no matter where we go all the way through college so that even when my son goes off to college and we get assigned on the other side of the country, my hope is that he has had such a great experience with young life going through high school, maybe becoming that high school young life leader where he's taken on that responsibility, taking on that leadership role that he can then go into college and have this friend group that is also a great community of kids with young life staff that are also working with them too, which hopefully my plan is to keep him in a good direction, even in college and feeling like he can serve while he's also in college. So that's kind of been our strategy as parents, that if you are an active duty family and you have also experienced that, um, that kind of frustration of the constant search for a church home, um, a ministry to get involved in, um, young life really can be, even if in, you're in a different country, you can find usually young life in that other country for your kids to be involved in. So um, Alex, you know, you being here in Columbia has been a great opportunity for us to get to know you. Club Beyond is building at Fort Jackson. Um, and so we're involved with that as well, as well as the Northeast side. So I think the, the next thing that I kind of wanted to ask you is what is the role of parents in young life? Because um, it's, it can be like I did in Charlottesville because of what kind of was going on in our life, it can be just parents dropping their kids off and say, hey, have a great time, I'll pick you up later. But there's also a way for parents to get involved if they feel like they need to or they want to or they feel called to. So why don't you speak to that just a little bit? Yeah, so one other, uh, I guess, C I didn't mention in Young Life is what we call committee. Mm -hmm. And I would say committee or adults are really, it's the backbone of Young Life. And so... Um, they are the ones who are kind of caring for leaders, caring for staff. They're advocating for young life in the school district or in the community. Um, they're helping network when it comes to finding places to have meetings and stuff like that. And so there are so many ways for, I say, parents to get involved with young life, whether that is joining the committee that could be joining what we call like in the Northeast, we have a like school support teams kind of on center teams. And so that would be basically you're caring for leaders at that school. And I'd say the heart 
of a, I feel like with adults in there going, hey, they have a heart for seeing uh, the next generation impacted. And I feel like not even just their kid, but future on. And I always, I always like to say, man, if I could go back to that, I want to say it's like 1984 and talk to the group of adults, parents who were sitting in a room in Cincinnati going, and they circled King's High School and they said, that school needs young life. Oh, if I could go back and talk to them and just thank them, I would do it in a heartbeat. You know, mm-hmm. because like because of them going, we're not okay until the next school has it. Like I was impacted, my wife was impacted. Like our family's different because someone said that school needs it. And so, I think the role of parents and adults in young life is so vital because they're the ones who are going. We need to make sure this thing is going to keep going and doesn't just stop at this school. It need, or not and not just stop with this kid. You know, going, we're not okay until we're reaching all kids in all schools, you know, in the Northeast, we're going, it's not just all the high schools. It's gotta be the middle school. It's gotta be kids with special needs, which we're getting ready to start. Teen moms, they had this opportunity, you know, they're kind of like the lepers of a high school. You don't even know where they are. Mm -hmm. Do they even exist? And the crazy thing is yes. And there's a ton. You just don't know one knows about it. Um, And obviously being a parent is hard. Imagine being a high school parent is incredibly hard. And then, um, so I feel like the roles for parents are very much emailing, calling, you know, finding uh, your local Young Life and going, hey, how can I help support? How can I help be a part of this? Um, I know as staff are always looking for adults who are willing to come join this thing with us. And really you are, like you're trying to, you're, you're, you're creating a missional community. You're going, the Northeast is now the mission field and everyone who's a part of that, you know? And so the, for us, that's Fort Jackson, you know, that's all Richland two schools. It, it's this idea of, we're not finished until every kid has an opportunity to hear the greatest story ever told from somebody who cares about them. And so adults have a vital role in many different ways in, in kind of helping that um, be accomplished. Well, I know one of the things that Matt and I wanted to do when we moved here, in fact, we chose the house that we're living in because we are like, this would be a great house for club if we needed it or campaigners or um so sometimes parents open their homes. I know in Charlottesville, there was a couple of parents that the club was always at their house, you know, and or campaigners was, you know, always at their house. And so I'm so thankful that they did that. Um, you know, another thing that we're looking forward to is having the college students over and feeding them a couple times and getting to know them and investing in them because we all remember what it's like to be in college and a good warm meal is awesome, right? When your family might be a state or two away. So we're looking forward to that as well. So there are some great ways that that parents can get involved. But at the same time, it's not, um, I also love that there is that freedom. If if you can't get involved, but you're looking for something for your child, for your teen um, to be involved in, that's really positive. um, This is a really great avenue as well. Um, I think, um, you know, just to talk about military kids here for just a second, and I think first responders fit in this as well. Um, I know for us, um, it has been an incredible challenge. We have averaged in the last five years, probably moving every year and a half, probably eight years every year and a half is what it's averaged out to be, which is insane. And that has looked like pretty much our kids have been in a new school 
almost every year or every other year. Um, my youngest son, who's going to be going into middle school and, and will be ready for wildlife, has gone. he's graduated fifth grade and he's been in five elementary schools. And so just the constant coming and going and trying to insert yourselves into a friend group and the sensitivity to rejection. Um, I was talking with a group of military parents and everybody's concern is that with this current Generation Z um, generation group of kids military specific they military kids can tend to come across so intense because they're desperate for community but they've also learned the social skills to insert themselves very quickly that the civilian kids are kind of taken by surprise and, and we as adults know what that's like because we as military families do that as well in fact I think that the first time I met Alex I was probably pretty overwhelming too I was like let's go let's what, what can I do I'm ready to get started or maybe you welcomed that I'm not sure but yeah <laughs> One, I'm looking for else like that. So we can we can be pretty intense because we have this short amount of time. We know what we need, and so if we don't jump in and, and establish that very quickly, we find ourselves then getting ready to transition out, and it's too late. And so for us, for Aiden, going back to Charlottesville again, and our reasons for getting him involved was I was really concerned as a parent um, of him getting into middle school. Um, having moved so many times and finding that good circle of friends to hang with. And so our hope for both of our kids in this is that they can go into the school and like you were saying in your story, Alex, to be able to meet these other kids that they normally would not meet or be on the same kind of be in the same cliques with, um, but to find this group of students so that when they have a great time with them at club and they realize we're all just a bunch of kids who need to have fun and probably need Jesus, right? That they can then go back into their school and high five each other in the hallway or say, I know him. He's a great kid, right? It breaks down those um, social rules that exist within the school and um, creates a community of support. And that's what I need as a parent is I need those young life leaders to be able to say the things that we're also saying, but kids start listening to other peers more than their parents so true it's funny i coach i coach golf and it's funny when i have dads who are bringing their kids to you know giving them a lesson and uh i'll say the same thing their dads are saying the kid's like oh okay you know i've been saying that the entire time he goes no 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 you know it's there's a point to that you're like just because it's another voice saying that and I, if there's a i mean a great book is a Chap Clark, he did a, uh, a very kind of big giant study on adolescence. And there's a book called Hurt 2.0, which is all on like adolescence. And, and, and it kind of- Is it Hurt, H-U-R-T? Yeah, like someone hurt you. So like okay. Hurt, and there's Hurt 2.0 is the less academic version of it. And we all read it on staff and he teaches, he's a teacher at Fuller Seminary. And uh, basically for his, oh, his sabbatical, he just went and became a substitute teacher at a high school and just said, hey, I'm writing a book for you. What do you want people to know about you? Mm. And he just kind of opened up the floodgates and, and shared everything and um, kind of paints a little bit of like this bleak culture when it comes to adolescence going, they don't feel like they can open up to anybody except for teenagers. I mean, a great reason, I mean, uh, Netflix has that 13 reasons why. And you'll realize the one thing that hurts the most in that entire document, I mean, the entire like show is that there's no adults. It's just high school kids dealing with crazy trauma with other high school kids. There's no adult in the picture at all. You, mm. know, you don't know how to bring them in. And, and at the end of the book, he kind of says, basically, what's the hope is that for every one kid 
need five caring adults in their life. And so I think, in, you know, that can be a youth pastor, both parents and in young life, we're going, hey, let us just be one more caring adult, one more person that can just be there. And so Bob Goff also in his fun book, Love, I think it's Love Does, the very first chapter, he talks about his, his young life leader and talks about him like wanting to drop out of school and do something crazy and like go be a park ranger at 17, which like a terrible idea, right? And his leader's like, I'll go with you. And like went with them. And it was like for literally two nights, he's like in this, I forget, some some state park, Bob Goff, he's crazy. Um, and, and basically he's like trying to find a job on this like Saturday that he left on Friday. And the leader's like, I'll go with you. Yeah, let's do this. And like went as he tried to give resumes. And of course no one's hiring him because he's a 17 year old high school dropout, but really isn't. It's only been one day, right? And at the end of the weekend, he's like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And the leader's like, all right, I'll go back with you. You know, like, <laughs> he was with him the entire time. He wasn't like, you shouldn't do this. Like, he, he was just with them. And Bob Goff says, you know, sometimes what you were saying with Aiden, sometimes witness starts with witness. Mm-hmm. You're with people. And so I think that is another thing in, in, in Young Life and Club Beyond. It's like, hey, we, we need to be with kids. And so whether that's the JV soccer game that nobody attends you know as leaders you're like great spots to go to to kind of wrap up our time alex um i know that you are overseeing columbia kind of northeast area and so why don't you just take a moment to talk a little bit about um how that's going because i know some of that is in in building stages um just in case there's anybody listening that is in the columbia area or the fort jackson area and i think that those of you who are elsewhere once you get involved with young life you might see that 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 young life in the local area is in a similar place where um, they might be building in these other schools. And like you said, they're needing parents to kind of circle that school and say, how can we, you know, get started there? So share a little bit about where you're at with um, Columbia Northeast. Yeah. Um, So Columbia, we, my wife and I just moved to um, about one year ago now. So we moved in July and we were, we were on staff in Beaufort, South Carolina, right by Paris Island. Um, for the Marines. And so we were there for eight years with Young Life and just moved to Northeast. And Northeast has, is in one spot when we came is, was great. We were in five high schools. We have a great pipeline for leaders at USC, um, go Gamecocks. And because of that, I think we were in this great spot to really do a lot of growth when it comes to the ministry. Like I said, this kind of umbrella ministries. So we're getting ready to start Capernaum, which is special needs ministry uh, this fall. And so we're going to hopefully start that Spring Valley High School. And, and it really will be for any, I mean, if you have a kid that goes to any school really in Columbia, they can come be a part of it. But we just had to hone in a school where we feel like we need to kind of stack hands and start moving in. Um, and then obviously the club beyond now that we have club beyond kind of up and going, you know, our mindset in Northeast is going, okay, how do we impact the most military kids in the Northeast? Knowing that we have about 120 high school and middle school kids that live on, on the installation. And then we have I think it's 1800 that live off the installation and the normal model for club beyond is it's, it's on base. So we got to be a little more creative when it comes to the Northeast of, okay, so how do we impact military kids if they're here then a lot of them are over here off outside of base and so you know i think part of that is if you're um you know if you're at fort jackson and you're going hey i want to know how to get involved 
uh, Jared, who is in charge of Club Beyond for the Northeast, is looking for adults and parents going, hey, how can you help team me up and help partner with me so that we can go and make the, the biggest impact that we could? And that could look like um, opening your house. That could look like being on a committee. That looks like, um, could look like leading. Again, like it doesn't have to be a college kid to lead at all. In fact, I'd say your best leaders are probably when they're out of college because the, the more mature they grow up, they go, they can have those conversations a little bit better. And so um, I feel like there's a lot of good things that are, that are starting to build in the Northeast. And the one thing that I feel like as I'm coming in here is going, how can we lay this foundation of adults? Because really the committee, the committee in Young Life is what keeps Young Life going. And that's financially, that's, um, that's really because the committee's not moving. Staff, you might be there for hopefully a long time, three, four, five, maybe your entire career in Young Life, you can be in one area. But as Young Life staff, we definitely see ourselves as missionaries. So we, we always know, kind of like military, hey, we're here for a season. And then we, we might have to be picked up and go somewhere else for a season. But the adults aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why they're such the bedrock of what we do in young life. And so in the Northeast, we're, we're kind of rebuilding that when we got here. I think um, it kind of fell apart over the last couple of years. So part of my job kind of coming in is rallying adults to kind of go, hey, here's where, here's where we're moving. Here's where I feel like the Lord is moving. Come join us because we need you. Um, and I'd say not that we just, I, I love this. I had a friend say, um, not that we just need you, but we want you. Mm-hmm. We want you to be a part of this. I think there's a lot of times uh, with a good friend named Rick, he is in downtown Columbia. So it's more of your urban schools. And he says, you know, sometimes it's like he hears, oh, I need you, but I don't want you. Because, you know, if you're an African-American, it's like, oh, we need you your help here because you're an African-American. We need your help here. And I, and I feel like what, I love what he, I feel like he's taught me is, I don't need you, I want you. Mm-hmm. Which is what God does. Like God doesn't need us at all. Like he doesn't need anybody to go and, and do the works he, he, he needs to do, but he wants you. And I feel like with adults going, we need, yeah, more importantly, we want, because mm-hmm. we're part of something that's going to far outlast anything else. It's not going to be temporary. It's going to be eternal. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about this next chapter with Northeast and, and where the Lord's moving and how to kind of partner alongside them. So Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I could honestly pick your brain forever because I really am, if nobody noticed, really excited about Young Life and that my kids can finally enjoy it. Jack has been watching Aiden do wildlife for a while, so he's been excited about Club Beyond and, and getting involved as well. And so I can't thank you enough for caring enough about our kids, caring enough about our families, really, to devote your life, both you and your wife, really, because you we haven't talked a lot about your wife, but she's doing a lot of the young lives with the um, teen moms and also with the special needs. Um, so those of you who have first re- that are first responders or even military that um, your EFMP families that um, have special needs kids, there is something in young life for those kids too. That's what's awesome is that really you can plug your kid in anywhere. And to me, this organization really just shows um, how much they care and that they have a heart for all of these students that really um, need, um, I think, warmth around them, warm relationships, but also the love of Jesus. And so thank you, Alex, for what you do. Um, 
and and I know that I'll be seeing you super soon on how we can um, boost up the Northeast, um, bring in some of these military families as well. And so um, it's a common heart that I have as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It's been, a, been fun. First interview on a podcast. I love it. <laughs>